Greetings, adventurers, and welcome back to another episode of A Game Called Quest. Happy Tuesday! Today's game features our beloved guest, Tyrone. They are so wonderful and so talented, and we're so glad that we get to have them for this arc. This episode also features NPCs from the Monster Manifest, created by J.N. Butler, uh, and we'll be learning more about them and their product in the Artist Spotlight this week and next week and for a couple of weeks because their work is amazing and we're excited to be featuring it both in and out of the game. All right, that's all my announcements for today, folks. Let's jump into the game. Our story continues with Elise, Thorn, Yasolga, and Dr. Turtle sitting around a table with their new friend, Newton. They've just finished a long and riveting discussion about gods and music in our world. They're enjoying snacks and conversation, but in the distance behind them, you can see the crumbling walls and disruption that surrounds them in the small town, obliviously enjoying their conversation. They aren't completely in tune to the strange, slight chaos around them. All right, so the four of you, or five of you, oh, there's five of you now. Oh, full party. Cool. Full party. I think we fade out on the re- on you guys finishing your food, kind of chatting about Fergie, uh, the the elusive god from the human world. And as we kind of fade out um, and then fade back up, it's kind of a similar situation to before when you first tried to get into the town, but you are now looking at the gate to the to the garden. You can see massive colorful plants growing up on the other side and like some sculptures poking out above the wall. Uh, but there are again two suits of armor stationed on either side of this entrance, which is a massive ancient stone archway covered in vines. And we just it's like the parallel shot to before, but now you have another person with you. I, I feel like we all look over at him. Uh, yeah, so so I can tell you more or less, like, what to expect in certain parts of the temple, but remember when I said this was a lot easier last time? Like I said, after I got caught, they kind of tightened the catacombs down a little bit, and, um, they're kind of on the lookout for specifically me. So, well, how did you get out? Uh, well... To see us. So, um... What I did was heavily frowned upon, it, but I mean, you've seen, like, I'm going to gesture at the suits of armor, you've seen the uh, the guardians. They're called the Knights of the Veil. The Knights of the Veil. Um, they, they're instructed not to let me leave town, and really what I have can't do a lot of damage outside of town. If they knew I had copies, they probably, anybody here would probably just confiscate them and destroy them because, you know, that's the proper thing to do. Uh, how I got out was... The last time I was in there, the pages are suspended in a glass container um, chained to the ceiling, and that's not so bad. The part that was tricky was the second I tried to go into the room, there wasn't a floor anymore. Oh. Hmm. And I got out of that, but I either tripped something or made enough of a commotion that as I was climbing out of the pit I had created for myself, there's 
my mother, who also happens to be one of the few people here who... I would probably fight the knights before I fight my mom, and I'm not too thrilled about the prospect of fighting the knights. Hmm. Oh. So, like, as he's describing this stuff, I think parts of Elise starts to pop out again, because something's, like, odd about this situation. But then again, Elise is just generally suspicious of everybody, because that's how, like, they've been tra- taught growing up. So... Elise's voice comes in, which is the same because the body's the same, and says, You wouldn't be trying to trick us into stealing these papers, would you? And just, like, stares directly at him. Well, you asked two things there. So, yes, I intend to steal the papers, but y'all are in on this. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's all I'm really looking to do is I, I sort of, like, wistfully look out at, like, people just doing things around the temple like there's this overall theme of people like trying to do things to kind of accentuate natural beauty or appreciate it or be one with it i'm just like this makes sense to a lot of people it doesn't make sense to me Hmm. and every time i try to go somewhere where i think i can find an answer i'm told to go back into the garden and look at flowers and i mean you guys you guys are kind of proof of this there's there's got to be more to the world right it's not just contemplation and the dangers of the wood and our loyalty to the master while not angering the monarch. I mean, there's people do other things, right? Uh, As soon as they start saying, like, there has to be more than this world, it gives like a pang of pain in Elisa's brain and then it switches back to Zuri. And she's like, just like zoned out completely. She's just <laughs> nodding, but she has no idea what happened in like the last five minutes. I think at that time, it's again one of these massive archways. So you can see what's on the other side. You just aren't allowed to go in there. Um, so you've he, Newt has been kind of like pointing out some of the people doing planting things within the temple. Uh, and at that time, a group of acolytes come out and... Uh, the acolytes are, again, wearing these robes. They each have kind of a signature staff with, like, some kind of runes or uh, symbols on it and, like, various various different shapes at the top. Like, you'll see one that has a large bird, one that has uh, what looks like a crashing wave, different types of um, symbols etched into their staffs that otherwise they all pretty much wear the exact same thing and have the same general haircut but they have this kind of like unique element of themselves incorporated into the staff and a group of them come out and kind of you can follow them with your eyes you guys are just kind of tucked away in a corner you see a group of them go over and This is new information for you also, Newt. There are places in the wall that are cracked and broken. So this group of acolytes just goes over to one of those areas and sort of starts picking up the stones uh, and placing them in place. And so, so this is like when you really sort of start to notice that the wall isn't quite as intact as it initially seemed. Uh, All along the outskirts, there are places with holes and um, crumbling areas. Uh, I'm really hoping those aren't my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Zuri, like, totally zoned out to begin with, so without even thinking about it, because she doesn't know what's going on, she just walks straight in. The 
if you try to go into the temple, the the Knights of the Veil will try oh, right, to stop you. Right, they right. will both. They they each have a sword and they cross it over. Suri so goes. Ah! Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> then like, steps a couple back. Again. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Wait, Newt. If you have copies of like the pages and you just want to read them, then why don't you just read them and then you don't have to go back in there? Oh well, I mean, I read like like I said there. I expected to read those pages and like be on the edge of some kind of, like, mental calamity. I've been told that this stuff is incomprehensible. And it kind of is, but it's not incomprehensible because I'm reading something that I don't think humans are supposed to... I just don't get it. <laughs> so here's here's what I'll tell you, Newt. When you, when you try to read these papers, um, they just, like, look like gibberish. Or, like, they're... It's like you can kind of... You know that feeling when you read something and then you feel like you have to keep going back and reading it again? Yeah. Because it didn't mean any, like, you didn't register the words? It's that. That's perfect. That's that's actually what I was imagining. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that works. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, if you want, I, I you can read them. I mean, it's just, it, something about it's not sticking. And I think it's because it's, I'm hoping it's because I copied these. Um with a little magic trick I had rather than, you know, looking at the proper pages, I think, would be holding the actual divine artifacts. So whatever countermeasures I'm tripping or whatever little piece that I wasn't able to copy, um, I'm hoping it'll fall into place if I get my hands on the original. Um, Rose, can you remind us why did we get the why, why did we get the idea that we need I know, like, we got the idea that these pages might be part of the game book. Why did we think that we needed to get the pages or read them? Uh, you thought maybe if you got them, it would lead you to. Maya okay, so this now. is all speculation. We don't we don't know for sure that if you don't know for sure, um, but yeah, this is the closest thing that you have to information about where Maya is. Right. Yeah, because we suspect that Maya is the master, but we don't know. Okay, so well, uh, help us get in there. Let's look at your. Uh, written pages if we don't understand it then let's try to find the actual pages and maybe the whole no floor thing won't be a big deal i mean i got a i got talon and dr turtle can float so i think maybe we'll be okay just can you get us past these statue guys did you just walk out of here or i mean can you walk back in can you bring us in i mean it might be hard to so i did have to work my way in a little bit um, and I don't think it's going to be quite so easy this time. Um, yeah, and I think I'll demonstrate that. Like, I'll walk into the temple once, and then I'll come back and, like... Nothing happens. Yeah. Exactly. You can pass freely. Hmm. And then I'll invite one of you to walk up to me, and then it's, like, it's the cross blades again. It's like, it. I mean, that, that that's how I got in last time, is they let me in. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are certain points that I'm not. I imagine you've gathered I don't have one of those walking sticks, because I don't take this all that seriously. That would get us in further, and I basically stole one last time. <laughs> okay. So, okay, so the staff is the magic key uh, that we might need. Well, and it, okay, and the staff is yes and no. So I also had to make sure that nobody really saw my face when I was doing this, because I think you noticed that they, like, that guy's got a flower, that one's got a book. The staff is kind of personal, so if somebody is 
close to whoever we took them from, they're gonna either try to talk to us because they think that we're their friends, or they're gonna know immediately that something's up. Um, Is there anybody you don't like that we can sort of maybe... All of you look over at the group of acolytes who have conveniently left the temple. Yeah, right. Yeah. But is there, like, one of those guys that you, you, you want to beat up and we can take his staff? I know Zuri's pretty good at beating up people. <laughs> Zuri's like, I am? Because, again, like, it's like that's still like a very least thing. Huh. I didn't know that about myself. And, it's just like, <laughs> and, and Gray's good at, at messing with people's minds. And Dr. Turtle <gasps> can do kind of some of that stuff, too. I'm, I, I don't know. All I can do is talk to people. Wait, duh. The monarch, the monarch lady, and the. What's going on in your mind, Gray? Duh, the cards. Um. The cards. Your new ability. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cast invisibility on on the four the four party members that do not have access to the temple. Do we know this? Do we know that you're about to cast invisibility? Oh, I'm just doing it. Oh, okay, you just do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going for it. In plain sight of everyone? Well, I did say I was just going for it. I guess I didn't think about that. But yeah, probably because, yeah, he's he's kind of he's a little excited because he remembers that 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 just like they just gained the ability to do that and was like, oh, this is a great idea. Yeah, it's definitely going to be kind of in plain sight of everybody. Okay, (laughs) so (laughs) um, all of you disappear uh, and then. So if you're doing it in plain sight, Gray, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and make a roll to not be the most obvious about that. If you're leaving it up to fate. <gasps> what is it? Um, is is that good? Is that a lot? Three, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Oh, God. Yeah, so I think when you do that, mm-hmm. all four of you disappear, uh, and then a couple things happen. The knights just cross their swords and do not remove them. Uh, and then probably an accolade comes over and says, what is this strange magic? They are a, actually, they are also a plant person, <laughs> just like Thorn. Uh. Uh, but they have unbraided, their, their hair is down at the same length as everyone else. Uh, they have, their staff grows up into kind of a tree shape. Um, and they come over and say, reveal yourselves. And that's where we're going to go to commercial. Okay, so this week I'm going to do the artist spotlight because I'm really excited to be featuring J.N. Butler's Monster Manifest. J.N. Butler is a neurodiverse, non-binary, genderqueer illustrator and TTRPG content creator. And they are the amazing person that brought you the NPCs that you have met so far in this arc and will continue to meet as we explore the rest of the Riftwood Village. The Monster Manifest is a perfect supplement to your quest game, whether or not you are trying to emulate or add content from another TTRPG or whether you're just new to gaming and you want ideas for cool NPCs, this is a really good supplement for you to use. I definitely had a awesome time just reading through the manual and also finding things that fit with the story that I wanted to tell was easy and fun and exciting. So you can access JN's work at jnbutler.art 
Uh, you can also access the Monster Manifest by leaving a review or tweeting about a game called Quest. We've got 10 free Monster Manifests available for GCQ listeners. So tweet about how awesome the NPCs were in this arc uh, or uh, post about it on Facebook or Instagram or leave us a review on Podchaser or iTunes and give a good big shout out to the amazing artist J.N. Butler and uh, the first 10 people that do that will be getting access to the Monster Manifest. So once again, spotlight, spotlight, spotlight. J.N. Butler, thank you for collaborating with us and just being excited to share your work. Everyone go support J.N. They're a star. After a long journey, you've arrived in Arkanos, the worst place in the world. Here, you'll delve into unhallowed tombs and twisted forests. Maybe you'll even do some good, if you can live long enough. In Darkest Quest, you play as heroes in a terrifying world, fighting evil as it encroaches from all sides. GMJ is a professional game master who has been GMing for over 20 years. His players have dubbed his games role-play heavy with rich world-building and delightful action and tension. Sign up to start playing at startplaying.games. Bigotry is not accepted at the table. A Game Called Quest is proud to be part of the Audible affiliate program. Audible is an amazing way to find and access tons of great books and stories. If you think about it, audiobooks were really the original podcasts. You can get a free one-month Audible trial by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash a game called quest. That trial includes one token for a free audiobook. So we have left a list of fantasy books written by POC and LGBTQ plus authors that we recommend in the description box. Get the joy of listening to great fantasy stories without the frustration of having to wait for the next episode of the podcast. Try Audible. Gah! I'm sick of listening to the sound of my own voice. Let's get back to the game. Oh wait, that's not gonna help, it's just... Um, and they come over and say, reveal yourself. Uh, I'm going to, like, feign concern about this person. Like, I'm, I'm right here, friend. I, are you feeling okay? <laughs> I believe that I saw people using strange magic to disappear. Um, well, I, um, I'm going to, like, kind of put an arm length out and kind of, like, feel around. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you, friend. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of strange things coming and going during meditations, but I don't, like, outsiders? I mean, are those even allowed here right now? <laughs> No. <laughs> I think they tap their staff on the ground, and you guys all see this green magic go down out of the bottom of it and just kind of, like, grow like like a vine across the ground, and it goes into the temple, and you can just see, like, this glowing green light going somewhere off into the temple. And this person says, I've alerted the solar one of a possible incursion... I suggest you watch yourself, Newton. Oh, come on. You know I can't be trusted to watch myself. That's why I have y'all. And then they turn and just go back to lifting up stones. <laughs> After a few minutes, the knights do uncross the swords. 
the consequence of that action is that now there is an alert and the the solar one is is your mom uh is the leader of the temple so yeah go ahead and you walk in uh you manage to get past and when you get inside of the uh temple it's it's really quite beautiful actually it's a beautiful and serene outdoor worshiping area you can see ornate glass sculptures growing up in various places throughout the grass and trees large forms of various shapes and sizes. Most of them are sort of like various types of curvatures uh, shapes, like rounder um, forms, kind of like a, uh, a flowing motion to most of these glass sculptures. But, you know, some of them you can even see uh, slight jags, imperfections, almost uh, chosen imperfections to create these sculptures that are quite beautiful, but not synchronized, not symmetrical. There's this colorful lush garden overflowing with plants. A lot of the various plants that you guys saw as you were coming from the Riftwood, as you were coming through the Riftwood, you can see them growing in massive, beautiful, healthiest form here. There's there's all these people tending to the various plants. You can see lots of folks. It's almost like a meditative experience tending to this nature. Um, people are, you know, dug with their hands in the dirt. Uh, that's why they're wearing these kind of simple faded green robes is so that if they get dirt on it, it's not, you know, the end of the world. And uh, it's a silent space. Almost as soon as you get through the wall, the sound of the village is gone, like as if there's some kind of a silent bar silence barrier around the space. Uh, you can see a couple folks walking around to various areas. There is some kind of like a wooden cabin type of places that clearly are living dwellings. And uh, in one corner, kind of tucked behind some trees, you can see this sort of glowing crystal cave, which you can assume is probably the catacomb that Tyrone was talking about. What do you guys do? Oh, is that is this the catacomb where the pages are? Yeah. Oh, okay. And um, something I didn't really mention, but because I didn't, I don't really know the depth of these things. When you're in there, a lot of people are going to be using these glasses, these lenses, and they show you stuff. And it's sometimes like really benign stuff that'll help you get around and sometimes it's like oh there's traps all over this hallway um that you're not gonna be able to see without them so yeah uh i, I guess just kind of don't get too far ahead and don't grab anything too shiny or pretty because i make that mistake a lot <laughs> do you have a pair of those glasses do i would i still have those i they would be probably in your room yeah i don't think you'd have them with you i mean it's very common enough that i just kind of like borrowed a pair i don't have them on me right now um oh i feel like we kind of need those glasses and we need to look at the pages i mean we don't need to if we look at the pages and we can understand them that we don't need to go to the catacombs so but wait so zuri like furrows her eyebrows and she's like but in the in before we even entered this town didn't it say those in need shall receive so do we even have to be sneaking around because don't no, we it, need this it's a, they changed it to say it's we're not welcome. Well, and that the word need is doing a lot of work. <laughs> I mean that they 
I mean, some things are obvious. People need to eat. People need to have a place to sleep. Um, I've also been told that I need to spend more time doing manual labor. I need to take my studies more seriously. I don't need to be in the catacombs all the time. Are you guys going to a secluded place to have this conversation? Um, you know we're not good at that. Since I didn't declare it and we're kind of looking at stuff, I think Newt is literally walking around the garden talking to himself. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. I think, let's say you're taking, you're starting to walk towards your cabin. Okay. You know, in a way, we do need to go back home. We need to save our friend. Isn't it worth a chance, a shot, part of our journey? I don't know. I don't know what Maya wanted or what she still wants. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me if it was up to me. Yeah. Um. As you walk by the peacefully meditating acolytes, you catch a couple that open a single eye and squint at you and then close again in slight frustration that you're interrupting the serene atmosphere. <laughs> well, I'll go along with whatever, so, but I think it's worth just asking them and telling them our situation, and we might not have to sneak around. I mean, there is the slight advantage of, um, yeah, uh, my mother knows you're here now, so, well, she knows something's here that shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> and the five of you guys get into the cabin. It's a small... A simple space with uh, bunk beds and a couple of drawers. There is a a place with like these runes carved in an arch shape uh, in a place like kind of in like the shape, almost like a fireplace in like an arch shape. Uh, And you can see in front of it, uh, there is actually a flame in this room, just like a floating fire. Whoa. Elise is like, definitely being magnetized by this. And there's, like, another internal battle with, like, Elise wanting to take over because she's just drawn to fire. Yeah. I think you kind of uh, circle around it, and then after a few minutes, it it goes out, and the runes on the wall glow for a second as it goes out. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm always forgetting to turn the flame off when I leave my room. Um, <laughs> and I think... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not even noticing that you're enthralled with this because I'm like prying up a floorboard to get out where I have hidden these pages. Um, so yeah, just like while you're marveling at this like little fantasy cabin, it's like, oh yeah, nope, sorry, it's a mess. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, one of those it's like impeccable rooms. Sorry, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so the four of you guys uh, see these pages for the first time. The same thing that I described earlier happens again. It's not the real thing. You read the words and then you feel like, oh, I have to read this again. So you go back and and you're looking and you can see like letters, like normal, you know, scrawled out letters, but they're just not like, it's like every time you read it, it's not registering. What if we tried to read it? Because who's trying to read it? All of us. The four, you guys are all, okay, you're all, all like okay. moving around. It does, however, look like Maya's handwriting. Oh. Even though it was forged, it was forged. So it's, you know, uh, Newt is a skillful forger. So the handwriting looks a lot like Maya's with maybe like a few inconsistencies that make it clear that it was somebody else. 
Well, he wrote it with a magical device, right? So that makes that kind of makes sense. Yeah, but I wrote it with a magical device while I was suspended over a pit that made me think that gravity was more intense than it is. Casual. Like a vacuum. Like a vacuum. Exactly. Um, speaking of vacuums. Uh-oh. <clears throat> <laughs> what is that sentence? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking of consequences, oh, no. I should say. Um... As the five of you are all kind of leaned down around this, this, these four pages, trying to study them, see if you can glean anything from them, you hear the door shut. And first you see feet. They're these sandaled toes, kind of dark, speckled skin. And slowly, as you look up, you see a woman. She looks familiar, almost like somebody that you met today in the town square who happens to be near you (laughs) (laughs) right now. She has long braided black hair with streaks of gray. She's maybe in her late 40s, um, but her skin looks much younger. Um, She has the same sort of forest dark green eyes that Newton does. And she's wearing the same thing as all of the other acolytes, the same sort of simple robe with this green robe with sort of streaks of purple in it. Uh, But she, unlike them, they all carry this staff. She has a massive, ornate sword that she is carrying. And she also has large room filling. They almost fill up the entire small cabin metallic gold feathery wings and she looks at newt and says newton i told you you were on house arrest well um hi mom and that's where we're gonna end our game Thanks so much for listening, everyone, to this week's episode of A Game Called Quest. A Game Called Quest is an actual play, audio, drama, comedy podcast of the tabletop role-playing game Quest, created by T.C. Sodic. This week featured NPCs from The Monster Manifest by J.N. Butler, who you can go back to the Artist Spotlight if you want to learn more about them. The first 10 people to leave a review of A Game Called Quest on iTunes or Podchaser or to give us a shout-out on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, we'll get a free copy of The Monster Manifest. Spread the word, because J.M. Butler's work is awesome! So yeah, support the podcast by leaving us a review, and support really cool indie game creators. Period. All right, that's it. Y'all are the bestest bestest ever, and as always, thank you so much for adventuring with us. Be sure to join us next time for A Game Called Quest. <laughs>